Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Where do you go for comics new and old? Where do you see your favorite television and movie stars? And where do you go to see the best in cosplay? Wizard World Comic Con. Wizard World Comic Con offers live entertainment and gaming, comics new and old, cosplay, toys and memorabilia, and a chance to meet your favorite television and movie stars. For news, celebrity updates, and tickets to future shows, go to wizardworld.com. Don't feel like paying full price? No problem. Use promo code CANDAIR at checkout to get 10% off your tickets. So, where are you going to go for your pop culture fix? Wizard World Comic Con. Go to wizardworld.com for tickets. Whoa, dudes, Michelangelo here from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original one. Yeah, and you are listening to Candare Podcast. It happens to be a tribute to comics and pop culture like yours truly, Cowabunga! And welcome to another episode of Can Dare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Collins. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And hot damn fellas, what a hell of an episode we have today. Yes, sir. You know how I love my turtles, and we have the king returning. The creator, Mr. Kevin Eastman, is mm. gracing us with his mm. presence once again. I'm beside myself. We I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I'm I'm very excited about this. Very yeah. excited about not only because uh, the obvious he created the turtles and we can geek out with him about the turtles, yeah. but <laughs> about uh, drawing blood. You know, Jack and I we backed volume one, and mm-hmm. uh, man, the payoff was so rewarding. That was such a good book. We it had took to, a little longer than expected, uh, I think, but it was about about a year, I think, about yeah. typical. Yeah. But for what we got, I mean, that was a lot, you know. They were still creating it, so. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was, uh, but it was so good, worth the wait, yes. worth the money. We're definitely going to get on the second round. And uh, we yes. encourage you guys to do the same. We'll tell you more about it if you don't know about it. But it's, yeah, Drawing Blood, The he describes it as the fictional true stories behind behind the stories. Does I say that right? The fictional true stories? Yeah, Yeah, okay, cool. But before we do that, we're going to be in our retro roundtable once again, talking about TMNT. Now, we did did this the first time we had Kevin on and shaped up to be a pretty good uh, conversation. That was when uh, Jake was on the show. Mm -hmm. That's where the classic... Mercedes in the garage, Technodrome in the toy box quote came from. <laughs> That's been quoted several yeah. times since. <laughs> I strongly encourage listening to that. It's episode 196. Man. Just before 200, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's been almost exactly two years, I think, since that. Yeah, because it's about. Two yeah, years they were in doing between. that in August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Funny how time Math. slips away. <laughs> Math. <laughs> yeah, you can check that out. And if you're uh, even uh, more curious to hear about the time I got to meet Kevin at uh, the con in Canton, Ohio, we have a whole Patreon episode where I 
give a very, very detailed description of the day, which I'm not saying it turned out bad. I thought it turned out it good. Was a good episode, it was entertaining, yeah, I yeah. thought. That it whole was a, day had was just full of entertainment. It was a story, that's for sure. It was yeah. a story for sure. But that was episode eleven on our Patreon. Uh, catalog the con with Kevin and Canton it's titled <laughs> so for five dollars a month you can get in on that and you can check out that episode but uh, find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Cand underscore air and again if you want to hear the con with Kevin and Canton or other Patreon episodes you can head over there and for five dollars a month you get access to those shows so uh, I think we've got over 20 episodes on there mm, so yeah. Another catalog to dig from, people. And if you're going to a Wizard World Con here in the near future, Jack, how soon is that happening? 22nd through the 25th. It's a four-dayer in Chicago. Chicago. Yep. we got to get those ads going if they're not. Yep. Yeah, because um, after this post, it'll be the following weekend. Well, the weekend after. We need to the get weekend. them going now, yep. then. Yep. Yeah, right now, then. But uh, use Candare in the promo box at checkout. Get yourself 10% off your tickets. That will get you maybe a hot dog or maybe... A t-shirt or depending what you're spending it's going to get you something in that con right mm-hmm. absolutely that's a good way to look at it i think be a handful of comics at the dollar dump bin when you say 10 percent off it sounds so insignificant but when you think about what you're spending what that 10 percent <laughs> could get you inside those doors well Imagine it becomes a little more appetizing the 10 percent off of a four-day pass for that place yeah hey that could be the comic you walked away from that you regret every day after the yes, yeah serious right right so Again, Candare in the promo box at checkout at wizardworld.com. Anything else, guys? Yeah, however you're getting your Candare fix, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, a ham radio set pieced together in your sewer workshop, uh, tell your friends if you have the option to rate us, leave us a review, and let us know how we're doing. And uh, you may hear it at the end of the episode, guys. Are we on how ham? about that? What? Are we on ham? Ham radio? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Calling Susie Pooh? <laughs> I'm going to sing the never-ending story now. <laughs> Don't tempt me. Nah. <laughs> Let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. And here we go. I'll be back. <laughs> All right, guys. Once again, the TMNT in the Retro Roundtable. That's just where I like them. <laughs> where do you want to start, guys? I, I'm, I've got kind of uh, my B list of topics because I listened to uh, the 196 the first time we had Kevin on. I didn't want to repeat myself on anything, so I'm going to do my best not to because if there's anything I do on this show, it's repeat myself. I'll try not to rehash on any of my stuff. So Keeps everyone in, lo- in the loop with the uh, inside jokes that we try not to do. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Randy, since uh, this is your first TMNT retro. Oh, boy. Let's see what you got. Uh, should I just get myself kicked out of the room right now? I actually liked the third Ninja Turtles movie. Let's let's look at this from afar. All right? I've never seen it because it would just the second one wasn't great. And the third one there, I wasn't going to. That first one's dark and gritty and it's yeah. just what it should be. Yeah. That and what's his name? Vanillaize? No, that. <laughs> <laughs> the the kid that Danny Keto or Kino Kino yeah. yeah he was just a whiny ugh. yeah I, I found his character very pointless like why why I mean other than the relatability factor I yeah. can't be a turtle but I can be Kino <laughs> he actually was the bod the the actor in Donatello I think for the fights was it 
Uh, he was in the suit for Raph, I thought, in the first episode. Was it Raph? First movie. I know he was I, in the I, suit I, for one of them. Ernie I don't Ray know. Is junior. Yeah. yeah. I've looked, I've wanted to get him on the show before, but he's a busy man. Is he? Yeah, he was uh, He was on some like uh, primetime cop show, I thought, hmm. doing something. I can't remember. I just it's been remember a long him time. in all the 80s movies. He was in The Last Dragon, too. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. he in Surf Ninjas? Hmm? Wasn't uh, he in Surf Ninjas, that act? Dude, I haven't seen Surf Ninjas since it like was newly released on VHS, if that tells you uh, anything. Well, I'm right, thinking right of Three Ninjas, not Surf Ninjas. Big difference, too. Yeah. I'll tell you what, there <laughs> really is. <laughs> One of them had Cheech Marin. Brothers don't surf. <laughs> I, was, was it Surf Ninjas with Cheech Marin, or was it Three Ninjas? Oh, shit, I thought dude. one of them had him in it. I don't remember, Like man. as a mentor or something. Oh, hell if I know. I haven't seen hmm. either one of them. Hmm. Hmm. I think the Three Ninjas was the one I took to. I don't remember if I even saw Surf Ninjas. That just... Wow. I mean, Three that's ninjas. 90s vomit right there. Well, I just derailed this pod pretty quick. <laughs> no, but... Yeah, the the three ninjas I I was into because at the time the turtles were huge, and I man, you know what you're you're making you're making a case for Kino, Randy. All right, all right. <laughs> because I was only down with the three ninjas because they were kids about my age who knew ninjutsu. They knew karate. Right. You know, they I could be that more than being a turtle that lives in the sewer. Yeah. The only thing that really sticks out in my mind in the second movie is how fucking good that pizza looked in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. That New York style, uh, great big slices. Oh, yeah, and big as your face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotta fold those bad boys. Oh, yeah. They look so good. Toka and Raysar were cool. They were just, it was no. Dumb. They were babies. <laughs> they weren't children. They would have been a lot better. I take it back. I dug them for what they were. I mean, Toka especially. Toka talk. How do you pronounce it again? Toka, Toka and Razar? Toka and Razar? Razar, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. The only reason I immediately jumped to no was because I you, it should have been Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah. 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 But, you know, the fact that it wasn't gave us these two new characters, which mm-hmm. did not die with that movie. They've gone on through the video games. Mm-hmm. They've gone on in different incarnations into the Nickelodeon series. That's and right, I wouldn't did. be surprised if they even work them into the IDW comic series. They were in the original car- the 80s cartoon, too, weren't they? At, no. Towards no. the tail end? No, they were brand new for that movie. Uh, Are you sure? I think they were in the tail end of the... I think there's some truth to Mr. Randy here. Can you research that on your phone really quick while we're... uh, Because I think there's truth to that. Wow. A little ding went off in my brain. How long did the series go? The TV cartoon? Too long. No. It was like 93 or something? Did it go on for a while then? It went on for like 12, 13 seasons anyway. It went on for a long time. Did it really went on that long? Yeah, it went into the 90s. It went like way past uh, Shredder. Even like uh, the bad guy was like a big uh, alien bug, Drax. I think his name was Dread. I know for the Nickelodeon like one, yeah, I remember him. But like, I bought a. Uh, they had like a a season ten for like three bucks at Walmart one day, and I was like, hell, I'll buy that for three bucks. I didn't know it on that long. But when I got it home, it, I found out it was the cheaper one because it was like all the later seasons that had the the disposable villain. I can't remember his name. Hmm. Gentlemen, per Wikipedia, Token Razar only appeared once in the seventh season of the 1987 series. In 93, they were featured in the season seven episode, Dirk Savage Mutant Hunter. They were out-of-control mutants created when Shredder exposed new animals to mutagen years earlier. And what year was that? 93. 
So that would have followed... That would have been after the film. Then. Yeah, the film, I think, was 91. Does, are there fo- uh, yeah, pictures? Yeah, it would have had to have been. Uh, I've I, I want to see the pictures. Of yeah. The right, they look like I feel like I can remember. Whoa, That's the only turtle. thing that made me think he was correct. Yes. Wow. I think I remember seeing them now, yeah. See? Oh, man. See, I wasn't totally used I'm to I'm so regretful that I jumped to the no, like, immediately, because, <laughs> again, it was just a bebop and rock steady thing. But they are good characters. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I guess the whole, like, mama baby acting thing. That was the, what killed it, yeah. Wore a little thin. But, yeah, if they were just, like, vicious. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like, Razar in the film has, like, drool big pouring drool, out of yeah, his face. Yeah, and that, like, lip. Yeah. But it's not how they were in the cartoon, if I remember right. I think the cartoon, like, the wolf, that's Razar, right? Yes. yes. Okay. He had, like, I don't know, he talked, like, had, like, some almost, like, an English accent or something. It was real, like... What? Ugh. I don't really? know. We may have to... May, we, may, we may have to I'll look that up. I'll get you, you turtles. No, not... I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe not. Oh, the turtle got away again. <laughs> I'm sorry, Shredder. <laughs> Make sure it doesn't happen again, love. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe I was wrong on that. <clears throat> but I was right on them being in the, the cartoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Even though it was after the movie. Had to have been. There's yeah, no way. There's no 93, no, because yeah. it was a couple years after the first movie that that came yeah. out. But the shit from so the third I'm, movie isn't in the cartoons. <laughs> I'm glad it did happen, because those are cool characters. Yeah. Those are cool characters. For I was sure. excited in the video game. To see mm-hmm. them. What was it? Yeah. The Manhattan Escape from Manhattan. Manhattan Project. Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. were in the uh, beat em up, too. Out. The arcade. Yeah, uh, really? That's mm-hmm. the one I they was were, talking about. Yeah, they were one of the boss characters. Yeah. In the. Wait. Uh, Turtles in Time one. That's the one. Yeah. I think Turtles in Time was based on the beat em up from Konami. I think. I You're saying to- Token Razar weren't in Turtles in Time? I, I What I remember him from was the arcade beat em up. Which one, the original one or which yeah, the big arcade like machine where you could play as four players? I don't think were they in that. Yeah, they were one of the boss characters. Mm-hmm. I remember they were in the one of the arcade games. What? Yeah, I thought I it was Turtles even... in Time though. I it, because it that one be a... you immediately start in the Technodrome and you have to face them before you get to the screen room, which then you're hurtled through time. They're probably in both. Hang on, back to Wikipedia. I don't think oh, no. so. I. Th- uh, I feel like that arcade cabinet predates that movie. Because that's one of the, on our YouTube video. No, actually, we didn't even get to put that one up because we lost the footage for that game, I think. Yeah, yeah, for the Turtles. We had, <clears throat> the Turtles I don't, never let us play that and put it up on YouTube. I can't, I don't think so. I don't think so. They were in three games, it looks like. They were in Turtles in Time. So it had to have been what you are saying before, at the very beginning that you get thrown in. I think the words Randy's looking for are boo fucking ya. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I was imagining that. I swear. I... Yes, you were. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. The Randy. arcade games came for before the console games back. Then. They had to have. Yeah. They had no to way have. they had redone the all the artwork. I mean, just stuff. thinking of my personal so history, like I, I mean, I mean, I remember playing that game, being far younger than when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. I feel. I'm talking like the arcade, like, cabinet. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because Turtles in Time started out. Well, look up when that the... cabinet came out then. That's right. what you need to look up. Didn't Turtles in Time play the original cartoon theme song? The they both beginning? did. Did they? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if... The... I know that the original one did, for sure. Because that was, like, straight off, like, a CD. Yeah, mm. this says the <clears throat> TMNT fourth arcade, four players, they were in it. 
as a boss character on the ship. Which one? On the ship level. On the uh, sorry, the Which fourth game? fourth arcade release. So that's uh, Turtles in Time. Turtles in Time, yeah. Mm, you doing right. my Judd Nelson fist in the air like at the end of Breakfast Club. What? <laughs> what was the first three arcade games? It's the fourth game in the console release. Oh. So you have okay. your original Turtle game, which was the... The side-scroller. Yeah, yeah. The, the odd one. Then there was the second one, which was the take on the arcade cabinet. Right. Yeah. Third one was the Manhattan Project. Right. Number four mm, was Turtles in gotcha. Time, which was the one of the flagship releases for the Super Nintendo, if I right. remember correctly. And they also had it as an arcade cabinet, so I think... Yeah. Yeah, okay. We were basically saying the same thing. We were just... I thought you were saying... I thought you were saying the first cabinet. Okay. The very first turtle cabinet beat-em-up game. Like, Gotcha. I never remembered that. I just remembered the Turtles in Time. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, there's definitely two of them. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> well, that's why that's why we were at such a, a crossroad there, I guess, right? <laughs> wow, wow. Another turtle thing we brought up on the show a few times that uh, I don't think we ever maybe stop and give a lot of light to was the... Rockin' Tour, the, the, the concert. You know what? We don't, actually. Album. We don't yeah. ever. We, bring we reference it, up, it we'll snicker it. about it, but we always move past it. Yep. Let's stop on it for a little bit. Randy, have you heard this thing? I, I think I have. I think I actually had a CD, or excuse okay. me, a cassette. A tape, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was on CD, too. But okay. the CDs at that time were, like, new and you got high it from tech. Pizza Hut, you were getting the tape. And that might have been where I got it from. I thought you could get have. both. A Pizza Hut. I thought you could. I thought it was the only. We might not have had a CD player then, so that's why. Yeah, I got we the didn't. Tape. We surely <laughs> didn't. That was like Jones is down the street. Got a yeah, CD exactly. player, but not old Jeremy and his family. <laughs> but no, um, man, that was fucking everything. I mean, I. That's what, what it was. The second arcade game had Pizza Power playing on it. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Pizza Power. We've had this talk before, because I think when we went to uh, we went to a 16-bit bar and grill when uh, dudes from out of town were in for Wizard last year, was it? Mm, and I think yeah. we like camped around the machine to hear it, didn't we? No, because they didn't have any arcade games at the 16-bit bar and grill. It was only yeah, just, they do. Did they? Fuck yeah, they do. It's like the whole back of the we. I don't. We didn't oh, spend a lot I, of time back go, there. We just walked back yeah. once. I thought to hear that maybe it wasn't, it wasn't me. No, I stayed out in the front the whole time. Okay, maybe it was with someone else. Yeah. Shitty memory, but still. <laughs> yes, I can verify. That's the truth. We're going to have to... Maybe I can spice some of those songs in here. Do you re, uh, recall any uh, off the top of your head there, Jack? Yeah, Pete's Power, Stepping Stones, Walk Straight. Damn. That's all I can think of offhand. The only thing I can remember is Leo with the guitar on the front of the... Like the cover or whatever. You mean Michelangelo. That's what I meant. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. You're good. The album was good, except for the Splinter song. Skipping Stones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. April's, April's song. I, that one I didn't care for too much. Oh, yeah. That was that was very throwaway. No treaties in no Walk treaties. Straight, I think. Yeah. Which should we listen to first? No treaties. Uh, do, yeah, do no treaties. Walks in the door, and out the lights. He says it's all over, and he reads us out. 
right? Now what do you want to hear? Just one more clip. We just oh, got to give these straight. people a clip. Walk straight? Yeah. All right. I got to give it, give them the opening in <laughs> because that was just too good. Walk straight. Walk straight. I can't hear you nothing. So yeah, there's a little sample of our uh, 1990s uh, coming out of their shells Ninja Turtles tour. Uh, this was a traveling tour, kind of like Ice Capade kind of okay. shit. Okay. Yeah, it was a big, big production show. I remember seeing so. commercials for it. You know, it's funny how uh, with that tour being out the same time the films were, you know, there was a a level, a bar had been placed on right. what these things should look like. Mm-hmm. And those outfits were not... No, 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 no. Ooh, they were bad. They Their were head, bad. The heads had big holes in it. I mean, I get for ventilation being up on the stage running around. Dancing playing, and shit, dance, yeah. yeah. But still, but the animatronics were horrible. It was just normal puppet yeah. mouth moving. But just the look on them and their eyes were real buggy. Real buggy, yeah. and the mouths only moved like when they would like bounce their head. It like was like a kind of like springy, a yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how they did it for sure. But um, yeah, Didn't I never you get saw to meet that. one of those suits. Yeah, uh, Brooke was doing a TV spot down at uh, what was that channel? Like channel four was it four? Uh, Forty-five or, or six or something. It's, it's just down the road here actually but anyway uh we were waiting backstage to carry stuff onto stage and sitting in the green room yeah and there (laughs) were uh out of the changing room came uh, a dude in a michelangelo costume and i about fell on my ass i mean because it's already like 7 38 o'clock in the morning it's like early morning news you know and i'm like sipping coffee trying to wake up and then there's michelangelo visible it's like the visible version of caffeine and i'm just like whoa you're like looking like what is in this coffee (laughs) i just started talking to the dude and yeah he said that's where it came from was from that tour one of the suits used on that Mm -hmm. tour and uh that looked better than any of the suits i had ever seen that uh, you know were in like the pictures for the tour Mm -hmm. but um yeah (laughs) it was cool (laughs) i watched the tour on youtube one day i was surfing youtube it was like 2008 and somehow I got onto Turtles and stumbled on the, uh, oh, the yeah? tour itself. And it was, Shredder was, uh, he was a yeah. travesty the way his helmet looked on Yeah. Him. It's hard <laughs> to take someone named the Shredder uh, seriously when his shredding stuff is like obviously fabric. Well, just the, the front brim of his helmet was just like a big U oh, on the man. front. Yeah. Just, it was so cheap. Like, do you guys know who this character? <laughs> <laughs> Did the costume designer actually watch anything? Yeah. But, you know, at, if I uh, 
had been a little bit younger at that time, I'd have eaten that shit oh, up. easily, yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember being taken to see Teddy Ruxpin on ice when I was real young. My mom <laughs> took me and my buddy to go. And I, <laughs> thank you for composing yourself, Randy, through that. <laughs> but, uh, no, I remember at the time it being magical as shit, you know. And, uh, but looking back, obviously, you see all the smokes and mirrors and stuff. But mm-hmm. Fun stuff, nonetheless, I guess, right? Lots of fun stuff. Jack, yeah. what about you? You pretty much hit it with going to the uh, the live show, the band. Yeah. That's the one of my best memories of it. That and, of course, the movies. The movies, yeah. How about the horrible side products to come out as a result of the Turtles? The rip-offs? Not even... Oh, uh, well, I mean, there there is some humor and entertainment in the rip-offs. Uh, Brian Volkweiss of The Toys That Made Us, <laughs> he was telling us about some of the ones he had found. And he's always putting those on Instagram when he finds the generics and they just never freaking cease to uh, make me just laugh hysterically. The snailians. Was that happen? Did that happen to be one of them? No, they didn't. They didn't even give him a club. It was just like upright reptile fighting men. And they were just like in the UK because they didn't want ninjas or they couldn't, they didn't want to use the word ninjas. So they just had it like, that was actually licensed stuff, what you're referring to. That, uh, okay. that was actual Playmate release stuff. They, they didn't want to use the word ninja because it was too violent. So overseas, yeah. it was Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. That's right. Yeah. And um, there's a toy store up north, uh, up in uh, Mansfield, that has that movie star. Remember the movie star turtles we were talking about not too long ago? Mm-hmm. I yeah. said I enjoyed it. With Jay Bartlett, we were yeah, talking. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, he had the bendable arms. That yeah. figure I had from a kid, they have on card up at that store and it's one from the UK that says Hero Turtles oh wow 60 bucks I think was the price tag on it I kicked myself in the ass for not buying it but I imagine it's probably that still be, there that would be worth it I think yeah I could justify that one yeah I, I was talking about something different the uh, the Snailians I'm talking about it was like they took the concept of the turtles and like made it into something completely different these were like mutated snails from outer space what and there were these little like five inch action figures that were rubber and they had like this snap on armor it was crazy really yeah there's four of them and they were named after i think presidents maybe <laughs> wow. i don't know it was yeah yeah the first time we had kevin on the show uh when we were talking about the radically rearranged ronin ragdolls which if you don't know who they are they are the kind of the equivalent to the turtles to the shane bookman character in drawing blood yeah just someone else's Creation. Mutant creation. Yeah, which is, is our three female cats that know uh, ninjutsu. And mm-hmm. man, that comic that you got as a reward uh, for Stretch Goal in the first Kickstarter was really good. And I'm, I'm, I know I'm talking like Kevin's handing me bags of cash as I'm saying each of these words, <laughs> but that's not the case. No, it was, it was good. It's, it, genuinely, yeah. these were amazing stories. Amazing stories. But um, anyway, you know, he was talking about all the different people who had done stuff like these snails, ripped them off. And he said there was a version that were hamsters at one point, Mm -hmm. didn't he? One that were hippopotamus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was even a third one. I can't even remember. I think there was a third one. But it's, uh, well, Battletoads. I think of Battletoads. There's another one right there. Street Sharks, Biker Mice from Mars. There you go. Keep going. Uh, Samurai Pizza Cats. (laughs) Wow. Samurai Pizza Cats. Um. They had when the like the turtles and the trolls. They had stone protectors, which was like the troll dolls made badass somehow. 
the, the, with the little gem in there. Yeah. Man. Those, yeah. <laughs> and then... Uh, that was what, a horrible phase of time. Did you guys remember the Cowboys of Moo Mesa? What? Cowboys that of Moo Mesa. That name sounds familiar. It was like... It was set in the Old West, but it was like... Um, it was like mutated bulls and oxen kind yeah, of shit. Yeah. That does sound familiar. Wow. That was short lived though, that's for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, it was real quick. <laughs> I have the action figures, but that was like it. Mm. There's like a blue sheriff, like bulls blue and then Yeah. I think of uh what's what's Babe the Blue Ox kind of a Yeah, thing. yeah, Look. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that vaguely. I, yeah, I forget up. shows from that era. The other day I saw a, a picture of a Peter Pan uh, Nintendo game that was from a series in the 90s I had totally forgotten about. Really? A Peter Pan cartoon that was really good looking back. And I want to say it was, it, remembering the animation to the best of my ability, it looks like it might have been done by the same people. Yep, I remember that. <laughs> Jackson I want to watch it. Yeah. You never seen it? No, I, it, it's vaguely familiar, but I gotta, I gotta look it up now. <laughs> All cylinders are firing in Jack's brain right now. <laughs> Cowboys stimulated. The cartoon stimulated. made him look more Disney, but the, the action figures were like pissed off, like mm-hmm. they were like Hulk really out. like gnarled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember those. Okay, well, not only the ripoffs of the turtles like that, but what about like the. Uh, like the the cereals and like which I I'll product st- placement, product placement. The cereal I will say was freaking good. I don't remember the cereal. And I and is it like Lucky Charms? Kind of. I I would say that I am biased because it was turtles. But no, I've looked for any kind of version of this cereal with any character on it just to eat it again. It was like, um, it was kind of like checks. But in, but they were a little bit softer. The checks were made of more of like a Rice Krispie kind of a hmm. feel okay. with Lucky Charm marshmallows. Oh. Really, really good. It was so good. I loved that cereal. I think um, Spider-Man cereal also capitalized on that. Okay. They made the little checks like little like webs. webs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, that was really good as well. But, um, man, I will never forget that turtle cereal. <laughs> I wish uh, they would put that shit back out like they did with the the uh, high C or, or the ecto, ecto coolers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. The thing I remember, though, are the frickin' Hostess uh, yes. uh, cream-filled pies. pies. Oh, oh yeah. God, they were horrid. Those green... Oh, I, I liked them those. as a kid. You don't? No. I think they were, like, yeah. super limited release, weren't they? They had them with... The, uh, I don't recall, but they had, like, cherry ones, and they also had ones that had, like, the green mutagen slime yeah. in yep, them. Yep, that's what I... Yep. And that's obviously the one all the kids went for, and yeah. I remember, like, Mom, Mom, I gotta get one. It's a turtle. It's got slime <laughs> in it. And that first bite was so just like, oh... God, like <laughs> never again did I have one. But um, there were also uh, popsicles. You guys remember like the yeah. turtle head popsicles? They had like yes. the M and M eyes and shit. Yeah. Those you could get it like any swimming pool yeah, or ball, man. <laughs> any ice cream truck creeping down the neighborhood <laughs> street. But also, I just bought these on eBay the other day. I don't know if you guys recall these little characters. These are little Ninja Turtle candy. Oh yeah, uh, containers. They, Dude, I had I all four those. of them at one point. There used to be this candy store back where I lived, a little tiny candy store that you'd go in. They give you a little tiny bag, and like right. everything was like nickel and dime kind right, of stuff. Right. And that's where uh, I would get these. But the bottom would pop off, and there were like little like 
They were like balls, right? Yeah, yeah. like, uh, oh, like okay. Smarties kind of yeah, okay, uh, tasting yeah, yeah. thing yeah. that would fill this. And then, uh, yeah, you could eat some, put the lid back on, and then play with your little turtle. I miss these style turtles. Yeah, these yeah. were fun, man. These were definitely fun. It's like the, was it the dollar store, Dollar General. I got small little figure turtles that look like the original the little keychain ones. Mm-hmm. I saw those. I saw yeah, they're those. awesome. Yeah, they are. They look really good. The same exact colors as they were back in the day too. Yeah. Yep. And um, since I saw that NECA, since their uh, first wave of animated turtles has gone so well, you know, I still haven't seen one in stores. Like, no. I look every time I'm in a Target, don't see him anywhere, anywhere. I see. I've one time saw one in a dude's hand. And I, I think I told this before. I stopped. He's like, dude, where'd you get that? And he acted like I was trying to steal it from him or something. Like, <laughs> it was, he was what? weird. Get what? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's exactly what it was. What? Well, I found uh, this. Is, this one's mine. I was like, dude, I'm not trying to take it. Like, where'd you get it? But um, they're continuing that line. They're now putting out April and Casey. Oh, nice. And uh, Are they doing that? Is that what that foot soldier was? That toy, that toy con that I went to that I sent you that picture? I can't remember if it was. I don't think it was. All the, no, all the turtles now, I think Leo comes with Shredder. Uh, another one of them Not comes the 18 with. 18 inch ones. No. This, this, the little, the. Like the, I, I don't know, maybe they're, are they six, seven inch? I don't something know. like that. Yeah, they're like the one eighth scale because those are what, quarter or something like that. Well, I'm talking the cartoon ones. The ones I have oh, are the oh, okay. uh, movie ones. The actual like animated series ones. Like, yeah, so Leo comes with Shredder. And uh, then another turtle comes with Krang, and then the other two turtles each come with a foot soldier. So it looks like it's going to be the same kind of thing. Maybe Casey and a foot soldier, April and a foot soldier. I can't remember if they were showing any new characters. I'll have to look at that picture again. But uh, it's so funny how, uh, I guess not funny, it's awesome how all these, uh, I don't know, maybe and maybe it's just from what I'm seeing because I'm only ever looking at turtle stuff, but... <laughs> NECA turtle stuff is booming. Like yeah. that's like everybody wants it. Like you can't keep that shit in the GameStop. Right. You know, like I haven't been able to find them. I, I still look for the little ones. I can't find them anywhere. So you guys, you need to help me with something. Cause this was bugging the crap out of me. If we're talking toys and food, I don't remember McDonald's ever getting on the bandwagon with any type of turtles toy, like back in the day or anyone for that matter. I think mm, Burger no. King had something. Cause I remember like, it was like a, badge or something burger king had the vhs is what burger king had first when that show was booming because i remember that i remember that and i remember we all had vcrs but like i i was too young to understand the concept of being able to record something at home off Mm -hmm. the television and the fact that my uh neighbor friend had one of these vhs turtle tapes the fhe they had the little burger king logo on it and that thing only had an episode, but the fact that he was able to control that episode and like watch turtles, he could when watch he turtles <laughs> anytime he wanted, blew my fucking mind. And I like anytime I would go over there, he'd be like, "What do you want to do?" I was like, "I watch that turtle tape again," you know, like, <laughs> like, dude, we've seen it like ten times, but um, I don't know. It's funny how things change over time, isn't it? Yeah, it just it surprises me that. McDonald's didn't jump all over that, you know? Pizza was the only other one with the, the coming out oh, of the shelves. Oh, there's, yeah. there's who did it. Them and yeah. Burger King. Yep. You would have thought there would have been something else, wouldn't have you? Yeah. Like, if, they, if they're doing the VHS, maybe, like, some toys or something. Not even with the, the Michael Bay movie, there was nothing? 
No, we not know. that I yeah. was. I would have had my right. fucking eye on that, especially since we worked right next to a McDonald's. So, I oh think yeah, the new Nickelodeon <laughs> Turtles had like a McDonald's toy because I think my son got one. Mm. But your oh the TMNT movie, yeah, that one did have toys somewhere. Okay, You're right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I forgot about that because I do remember seeing them at the toy store. But yeah, that is a weird thing, isn't it? You would certainly think. Yeah, as popular as they were. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good idea. I don't know. invest in that. I wonder. Because <laughs> certainly, I mean, it's not like properties weren't being bought up by fast food places to, you know, have toys in there. I don't know. Yeah. It was just something that bothered me. I looked for a little while on the internet and I could not find any McDonald's releases other than just those Burger King like badges and then the VHS. Peculiar, games. man. Hmm. That is peculiar. Oh, what else we have? Um, any other any other products, Randy? Before we move on, uh, the home video games. Did you ever get a chance to play that uh, TMNT tournament fighter? I did, and let me tell you what, man, that game is hard. <laughs> that game tournament is fighter. hard. He yeah. let me borrow the uh, Sega Genesis TMNT oh, tournament fighter, and it's, I it's a Street Fighter clone. Yeah. I got bored one day and I hooked it up here and Dark Leo just kicked my ass <laughs> left and right on that screen and I sat here I admire it because it's not it's not a quick um game you can master right. it's there's an actual challenge to it Oh yeah absolutely There's challenge to it you have to learn it you have to learn the character how it fights you have to learn your opponent and mm. you know, after sitting here about thirty thirty minutes, I was I didn't beat him, but I got close. Yeah. I had come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just it. It takes time and patience and attention. Yeah, you know, that's a thing a lot of uh, other games don't. Yeah, really require yeah. a lot of. You, you gotta know? have skill right out the gate on that. Game. Right, right. Speaking of games, did you ever finish? I can't remember the the title for that one. Oh, uh, the Xbox One that came out. Yeah, a few years I, ago. something Manhattan. The Manhattan, Man, yeah, not the Manhattan Project. Was no, it? no, no, it was something about Manhattan though. Something was yeah, something with Manhattan in the title. I can't recall. I, I didn't finish. I got to the very end boss fight with Krang, and uh, I don't know. It's not. It was great all the way through. It was a great game. I loved it. it. There were little maybe nitpicky things I could find. There was nitpicky things, but yeah. for the most part, it was cool. Um, I think each character had like their own skill sets. Like Donnie obviously could do a lot more like drones and tech stuff. Than, mm-hmm. um, you remember the one that came before that? that That's was, the one I was actually thinking of because I like that one. Out of the Shadows. Like yeah, me, you, and yeah. someone else. Was it Kyle maybe? We were playing that game. No, it was Jeff and Alex. We were playing it one night because Alex kept, oh, kept yeah. getting booted off, but that's his internet. It always happens. Well, that was a fun game. That one, yeah, that, that had was mechanic a good one. problems, but it was a good game. Yeah, it was hard to use their special moves. It was that a pain and in the, the camera moves. angles were yes, yeah, were really hard to uh, use sometimes. But other than that, that was a solid game. Yeah, that one was really fun. That was fun because remember, didn't it just have a fighting option in it, in it as well? Mm-hmm. I feel like it did, or like a training option was, where you could just yeah, the training. Each yeah, because it was really hard to learn some of the moves. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Now there was a another game on GameCube. No, we. That I have uh, that was a fighting game based off of the TMNT movie. Okay, yeah. It has almost identical mechanics to uh, Smash Brothers. Okay. Uh, it's a little wonkier than right. Nintendo, of course. Nothing's right. going to be as pristine and as clean as Nintendo is, but 
Um, still a fun game. Okay. Um, really fun. Because not only can you be the turtles and, you know, the obvious characters, but you can be uh, Raph's, uh, what was it, Night Stalker, Night Watcher. Okay, like his alter his, ego. Yeah. <laughs> okay. when, when he's got that ball and chain. Oh, yeah. he was so cool to fight with. And uh, I can't remember who else is in there, but that was a good game. Okay. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that game quite a bit. Um, there was one more game that came to mind, 2003 era. Now, this one was on GameCube, and it was when the newer series came out in the early 2000s, maybe 2001, too. Just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on Fox. Okay. And um, it was more in the fighting style of kind of like Marvel's Ultimate Alliance. Okay, mm. kind of like that top kind down. Of, uh, yeah, kind of okay. overhead angled down, but that was a solid game. Okay. Um, I think I might have passed that one. And I think that just was, that game was around like the City at War arc they were doing in the series because the last level was you storm Shredder's compound. And it's not like you find some tricky way of getting up there. It's like, fuck it, we're taking the hard way in. Floor by floor (laughs) by floor, you fight your way up to him. And it was so fun. It was such a good game. A lot of of solid turtle games out there. Mm -hmm. We're talking about it, isn't there? Any more that come to mind, guys? That's all I can think of, actually. Yeah, I can't. I can yeah. think of more toys, but not video games. Yeah. Well, I think we've we've uh, actually offered up a pretty good turtle convo here, right? Yeah. Another good turtle yeah. retro without repeating ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And definitely so, check out that earlier episode if you feel like we missed something. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everyone. Well, with that conversation behind us, I think we should just get right on to why everyone's really here, right? Exactly. <laughs> right? The reason they're listening today. And now joining us, the co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but here to talk about Volume 2 of Drawing Blood, which has been just as fun to read, uh, in my opinion. Uh, We welcome the Alpha, the Omega, Mr. Kevin Eastman. Thank you so much for being back with us, Kevin. Yay! So happy to be here, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Really appreciate it. And and, and, uh, in the same fashion as we did last time, we're going to be talking Drawing Blood up, but we got to talk a little bit of Turtles before we get there. And, man, there's been a lot of stuff happening with the Turtles as of late to talk about. Uh, The first thing I kind of wanted to touch on uh, was the the Turtles and Batman comic that made it to the animated movie form. And I was curious to see what you thought of that movie or what you thought of that comic. And, uh, two, if this could possibly be the introduction of the Turtles into maybe a darker, uh, like, movie, DVD uh, world like DC's been doing with their properties. Oh, man, I'd really love that. I mean, that was, you know, when they finally did, uh, you know, The Killing Joke in year, uh, Batman Year One and, you know, even adapting Frank Miller's uh, Dark Knight Returns um, mm-hmm. to uh, animation and did it um, really faithfully, I really— had fingers and toes and everything else crossed, hoping that, you know, uh, uh, they might turn a, an eye on the, the Batman Turtles crossover that we were doing, as well as, um, you know, Turtles in general, I guess, selfishly. I, I figured if that kind of worked, <laughs> um, I would love to see, you know, um, uh, animated versions of the earliest Turtles um, done uh, a bit more edge, a bit more intended for the older audience like those. Um but man, as far as the um, uh, let me go jump to the series first because working with uh, the incredible James Tinian uh, and Freddie Williams has been fantastic. And I kid you not, I literally just finished this morning my final two pages uh, contributions to um, issue number six of series three, and I'm going to be mailing those off to Freddie uh, Williams tomorrow. So we're yeah. we're just wrapping that uh, up. And what a great series it's been! Um, in- incredible, such a wonderful ride, and, and so much fun. Um, and I was thrilled that you know it's, it was. 
probably one of those really tough things that when they said they were going to be working on the Batman Turtles, um, Batman versus Turtles as an animated project two years ago, I had to keep it a secret for two years. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was really, it was really hard. I bet um, it was. Oh, dude, it, it was so much. Um, even I did a couple. Um, have you guys? You guys have seen the movie, yeah? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right. No, there's and if you recall the scene where Michelangelo is explaining the coolness factor of Batman, um, and the <laughs> drawings on, on the drawing board are are, are mine. Um, that was my oh, little really. <laughs> yeah, when he, the one, especially the one where Batman is, uh, you know, he's drawing a Batman. He's got big muscles and long claws and all this stuff. Yeah. But it was fun to contribute to that, and I thought it was a really um, uh, wonderful uh, uh, adaptation. I love that it had the edge that it did, and well, mm -hmm. also my friend Andy Kuhn, um, who's no um, stranger to the Turtles universe as an artist, uh, did a lot of conceptual um, designs and artwork for that um, development. So I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a lot of fun, and what a great treat, you know, for yeah. uh, all of us older kids, big kids. Exactly. It was so much fun seeing one. It was hilarious to see Mikey squeeze him, uh, his head into the Batman cow a, a time <laughs> or two there. But um, the most satisfying thing was seeing Batman and Oroko Saki fight. I mean, when you think of the, the two warriors who never lose, you know, from like comics, it's it's these two guys, you know. And so to, to see them butt heads was incredible, incredible. I'd love to see it play all the way out Just that a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean that's that's how comic book fights happen. Yeah, you can't yeah. you can't let a winner no. be seen, right? Just a tease. You got to keep the question going forever. Yes, yes, yeah. But that was I'll tell you a geek out moment for me when the very first uh, series one of the um, Batman Turtles crossover when I got to draw Batman and Shredder and Turtles. Mm -hmm. I mean on the same cover and then find out they were actually still going to print it that nobody was punking me or lying to me. That was that was probably you know one of my biggest uber geek out of life moments ever. It was it was so much fun. Yeah, you, you read my mind. That was gonna be my next question. Seeing the turtles with Batman. That would be cool as I can't imagine. I can't imagine. The next thing would be me with Batman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that's comparative on our level, yes. <laughs> or me with the turtles, I think. There you go. <laughs> Now, we've also uh, been seeing online uh, rumors about yourself and a live-action Netflix something coming to fruition, possibly. Is this just smoke being blown up our asses from the Internet, or is there some truth to this? And if there is truth, is there turtle truth? Another two-year secret. <laughs> Another two-year secret. It's funny because I, I read that after, um, especially after San Diego Comic-Con, which I, it came out of an interview, uh, I think maybe even on one of the panels, but the question to me was, you know, um, was if if I would like to see that, if I would like to see a, an edgy Daredevil-esque style version of the Turtles done a la Netflix. And I was like, yes, of course I would. I'd love that more than anything. I see. <laughs> and and that unfortunately got turned into me saying that there was going to be one. I in in all my heart and soul and in everything in me, I wish that I was um, uh, I was leaking a secret. But that would be something I would love to see more. <laughs> <than anything. laughs> Well, I'm glad I posed the question yeah, the way seriously. I did then, because there goes the internet getting me again. I've been pining over what it could have been. Too. I know, yeah. I know. Like I'm so excited for this. <laughs> you know, I'd love to see even like, uh, can you imagine like a, uh, I don't know, like a, if you if you took an approach to it, like maybe even a Gotham TV series where you sort of went. You know, maybe um, what was happening in New York, Bleecker Street, uh, Casey Jones, April, things like that, pre Turtles, and sort of edge into it, where by year. 
you know, three or four that, you know, suddenly the turtles arrive on the scene. That would be a, a little would man. Awesome. Yeah, it would. You have my money. <laughs> Who's <fun? laughs> I'm already mystified thinking about it. Yeah. Well, that's got to happen. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I know where else you can talk going, like, man, that would be so cool. I'm, I'm staring off into space with my mouth agape, like, oh, wow. Another big thing happening with the Turtles right now in the IDW series is the fifth new turtle, Jenica. And my God, let me applaud you guys really quick and say what an awesome addition this was uh, to the series. And I, I think, you know, probably a lot of people like myself when they first heard, oh, there's a fifth female turtle coming, maybe shuddered a little bit. Just yeah, you be- know where your mind goes. <laughs> you know where your mind goes. Exactly. It goes to Venus a little bit, mm-hmm. which whatever she is what she is from her time yada yada but um man it was it was done so well and i was just uh, very curious what was it that made you guys decide you know after you know venus wasn't the biggest of hits we're going to try the fifth female turtle again well it was definitely you know i i, I put it um all on the incredible uh, gifted and talented tom waltz who's um i'm hands down his biggest fan and i can't say enough that you know, I have my contributions on the series. Bobby Chernow, series editor, is, is gifted as well, and he has so much creativity he brings to the series. But really, when you think about it, Tom Waltz um, will have shortly, and I think he's working on it this week, will have written all 100 issues over the last nine years of this series, and they're fantastic in every way, shape, and form. I'm so proud of him, so proud to be part of the series. And when we get to um, issue 50 and we were looking at issue 100 and where we wanted to take the series of a series of arcs, one of the things that Tom wanted to bring in, we all are big fans of, you know, strong female characters. Right. So his his introduction of the character Janica in 51, and she was intended to be um, kind of like uh, maybe over one series arc, um, possibly two, depending, but we really fell in love with her and the fans did as well. And by the time we got to issue 60, 65, we had had this idea, well, it would be great to bring a girl turtle in um, to the series, but it really has to be done carefully, thoughtfully in the right way. Cause yes, I lived through um, Venus. I love that series. Um, the fans did not, but I love the idea that we had a female uh, turtle, but Tom really loved that idea and embraced it. And so we felt, and it was his idea and inspiration. If we, bring someone into the family through um, what has always been the most important part of the IDW Turtle series, which is story first, um, is that we bring someone that everybody already loves as a character and make a logical transition into a female turtle um, that we hope that they they would, you know, embrace it. And um, my goodness, they really have. Everybody has. And so we are so proud and so thrilled. And again, I I commend Tom Walsh for his... um, his direction, his creativity, and, and the way that he crafted that um, evolution from, like I said, probably issue the mid-60s all the way up to issue 95 when we could finally um, make that happen. Um, the moment was right to the development was right. So, yeah, that was another secret that we kept for many years. Um, but thank you guys for um, loving uh, Jenica as much as we do. And it was, you know, we, you know, like everything in the IDW Turtle series, it was done right. And that's, that's to Tom Walsh's credit. Yeah, she's absolutely amazing. And you already answered uh, what my next uh, question was going to be, if that was the plan for her the whole time. But you're saying it obviously was not. It was just a character you'd brought in and just kind of decided along the way. 
Yes, that was, you know, and that's what's been so wonderful. And I, I touched on it just briefly in, in my last <laughs> lengthy monologue. Um, but Tom is always, you know, we, you know, we all feel the same story first. Let's tell a great story. You know, we're not bringing in characters here and there or killing someone off to bump up sales or do anything, you know, gimmicky or anything. We want it to be just a good, solid story. We write this material for us. We write the kind of stories that we want to read. Um, and so with Jenica in every bit of the evolution of any of the characters, whether it's Han or Slash or new ones that we've created and brought into the series, it's all about timing and it's got to follow a nice logical um, path, a story path, a story evolution. So we knew about it and planned on it for a while and it had to wait until this right time to evolve the way it did. So um, again, thanks for noticing and we, we really love it. Um, we really love the, the, the series. We love the character Jenica becoming part of the family. Yeah, I'm excited to keep reading. I'm I'm waiting for that uh, second printing of 96 because I missed the first one because it was just off the shelves as quick as it was put <laughs> on there. Um, but yeah, it's just been a great series all the way around, you know, from Dark Leo to Donnie's apparent death to the Splinter, Splinter having the foot. It's just surprise after surprise. This series always keeps it fresh. I love it. Absolutely love it. Thank you, guys. And another uh, series now that's uh, keeping it fresh. I know that we loved it as soon as we got our copies was Drawing Blood oh, yeah. uh, Volume 1. And um, maybe I'm being, being presumptuous. You know, you, you described this book as the fictional true stories. And um, again, maybe I'm being presumptuous, but I feel like there's a lot of uh, yourself, a lot of truth in this book as far as your real life is concerned. What's so fun about the development of the series was it was um, it, it started out basically as a semi-autobiographical in the sense that you know some of the experiences I had not only as a as a creator and a self-publisher working with Peter um, experiences in Hollywood toys animation and those things in it so there was anecdotal in in, in many respects and um, you know would write things that were so crazy to me that nobody would believe they actually happened anyway um, and then as you know. Uh, as I, you know, going back now, probably 25, 30 years, as I get to meet other people within the world of comic books, whether it be, you know, guys like Howard Chaikin who would tell stories or Frank Miller or, you know, uh, you know, just so many different wonderful creators and inspirations that would tell about their experiences, I sort of started crafting this idea of creating a, a new character and sort of putting a little bit of everybody I knew. So there's a little bit of me, there's a little bit of, you know, um, a bunch of different creators and experiences. And then, what was even more fun is sort of taking the the spinal tap approach, I guess, if you will, is that you know, because he's kind of a fictional character, you can really take an anecdote or, or an experience and really twist it and turn and really put this guy through some paces. Um, but from the beginning, it was always designed to be um, set in the world of comics, something that I've, I've rarely seen done, um, you know, a character within the behind the scenes of the creation, the concept, the the, the, the success, the downfall, the search for creativity, the incredibly bumbling mistakes we all do as humans, whether you're, you know, a rock star or a sports star or a comic book um, creator, you know, everybody, you know, ends up, you know, taking similar paths of, you know, missteps and, and trying to find their way back. And so when I mind melted with the you know, wonderful David Avalone, we really, this character that was my idea became this character that was our idea, um, and we put all of our experiences. David spent a long time working in and around Hollywood, which is a wonderful uh, uh, twisted experiences set of experiences to bring into it. 
Uh, so you sort of throw that with uh, the uh, Ben Bishop uh, his main series artist into the mix and uh, Troy Little that we we've had so much fun um, and the reception um, to the concept uh, you know with the first series don't know the Kickstarter 2017 but the release of the four issues well the fourth issue is coming out this month um, has been great so that we had an original 12 series uh, 12 episode um, arc um, so the Kickstarter we're doing right now is for issues five through eight and some extras um, so if you guys out there and, and have enjoyed the the twisted world of drawing blood so far come hang out with us uh, appreciate even the ten dollar contribution and uh, we'll get that next series rocking and rolling before you know it awesome. and well worth the money i mean the layers of creativity in this book are amazing you know, not only the story being told but how it's being told i don't jack I don't know if you remember there were like sequences where uh shane would you know remember something from the past and it would mm-hmm. then jump from ben bishop's art to like black and white kind of classic gritty Kevin Eastman like early turtles paper Uh, I don't even maybe in certain scenes but just the change of art to represent that flashback and then Mm -hmm. it never has to be really explained again anytime you see that you realize you're seeing his memory I just adored that I absolutely loved that yeah that was kind of you know I love that you picked up on that because that was really something that was important that we wanted to show you know without sort of every line of you know dialogue having to mean something um but you know just those moments where you know in life that when you know we drift back to a flashback of something that happened and those in one instance one of those flashbacks that uh, ben did the pencils and i did the finished inks and duo shade on it was i remember i was um in the first drawing blood where i would always be at my room drawing constantly not doing my chores not doing my homework and i remember my mom coming up once and looking at what i was doing and she's like I don't get this. I don't understand it. You better be good at this because you're not good at anything else. <laughs> huh. Wow. It's like one of those things that I was like, you know, I remember very clearly. It was very scary. And at the same time, it was inspirational as well as it scared me to death. But so it's fun to be able to include some moments like that. And I love especially um, the scenes in there where um, Shane's creation, the radically rearranged Ronan Ragdolls, actually come back and haunt him in real life. Yes. Maybe a little bit under the influence of uh, too many martinis, and <laughs> uh, uh, they sort of, you know, harass him and beat him up for abandoning them when he sold the rights to him. And uh, and there's even a funny quip at the end of um, issue four, which is coming out in August, which you've seen the trade, is where Shane is at the New York City Comic Con talking about uh, with Morgan Harbor, uh, who wants to turn the tr- wants to turn the ragdolls into aliens instead of mutants. <laughs> and his new radically dark, uh, radically rearranged Rona Ragdolls movie. So there's there's some really, really great moments. Um, and actually, I'm in that issue, and Ben's in that issue, Dave's in that issue. So I actually meet Shane Bookman in that issue, uh, issue four coming out. So it's it's fun it's fun to, to do those kinds of things within this series. It's sort of the the story behind the stories, as we say. It's it's so funny you said that because that was my next question. That exact scene oh. was the whole the the that the panel. Um, you know, again, being that this is the the fictional true story, did did that play out? I don't want to say exactly what played out, but did the play out at that panel? Was that something that actually happened? No, that's the that's sort of the best part is that you know there was there was a mistake um, back in and when they were developing the two thousand um, uh, fourteen Turtles movie that. Um, Michael Bay had actually said that they were turtles were going to be aliens, not mutants. Right. And it was um, one of those things that I think um, uh, he hadn't completely tuned into the project, and there was a lot of things going on in his life. And I think it was said, and, and the fans' reaction was so uh, understandably so um, 
volatile. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, that any any consideration of, of even doing that was quickly pulled back. Um, so there was never that kind of experience. But I just love that whole story, where it's like you know, there's going to be this planet of turtles creatures out there and that was so ludicrous and so stupid that we really wanted to sort of again take a thread of something that um, had a moment in time you know years ago and wanted to really turn it into something that was a much bigger event and Shane Bookman's as you said completely fictional true story so it's uh, it was, it's it's fun to do that stuff so we, and again where we have a character where we're able to manipulate and uh, um, have a lot of fun with him and really put this guy through some paces that we can we can take bits and pieces and really push and pull in lots of different directions and, and do the, the same thing we do with the turtles uh, is um, you know, try to write a great story that is engaging people get get into. So what can we then expect from volume two that's going to be coming out? Where, where does the story uh, go from where it's been left off from uh, issues one through four? Well, it's going to be <laughs> what can you um, say? issue five. And I'll, and I'll cause um you know, David and Ben will probably kill me if I give too much away. Okay. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> issue five right now is um, we're we're uh, about halfway through. Uh, we will have it finished. Our goal is to, you know, everybody that is uh, willing to jump on and help us with the Kickstarter, um, September first, uh, you will see issue five. Anybody that sponsored you, if you come in and join the Kickstarter, you see a digital. You get a digital copy of issue five. So you can see where it's going, and it's the first leg of their journey. Uh, they go to Hollywood and uh, have some some pretty interesting experiences there. So that's that's just issue one. It continues on from there. Um, we continue to build on, you know, state, uh, Shane launching his um, Bring On the Future Metropolis stage show in New York City. The uh, Lithuanian gangsters who are out for blood, um, you know, crazy ex-wives, uh, girlfriends, and, of course, the radically rearranged Ronan Ragdolls who are haunting and taunting him the whole way. Um, but, yeah, issue five is uh, the first part of a leg uh, of, a, of, a, of a story to set Hollywood. Um, so it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm laughing because, like, you know, Ben sent me in some of the pages that he's working on just today, and I was like, laugh out loud, funny stuff. So uh, nice. <laughs> I just love that his inner demons are the, the cat characters he mm-hmm. created, you know, that have brought him to where he is. I, it's just such a nice addition to that story being told. I love it. And what great characters the Ronan Ragdolls are in themselves. Absolutely. That issue was freaking priceless, mm-hmm. and I cannot wait for more. And it looks like a, a stretch goal will be getting, what, an issue two of the radically rearranged Ronan Ragdolls uh, made? Yes, actually, and, and thanks for the kind words. We really loved, um, you know, when we came up with the idea for the three samurai cats named after famous animators, you know, Tezuka Miyazaki and the Tomo and, you know, the sort of the growing up in Queens, the Spider-Man, you know, all these little isms that we wanted to tell as a straight-up uh, recreation of that 1991 comic book um, and um, and just had so much fun doing it and really fell in love with the cats even more. Um, but for this series, because it is um, set in this fictional universe that there was a radically rearranged Ronan Ragdoll's cartoon series we all remember, right? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Well, um, much like with the Turtles, uh, Archie Adventures, um, Troy Little had this brilliant idea to why don't we do a two-part series, um, uh, kind of a giant-sized special based on the radically rearranged Ronan Ragdoll's adventure series. So based on the Ragdoll's animated series, this is going to be a two-part adventure, which is riotous laugh out loud and it's those fun loving cats and, and, and going down um, it's just a brilliantly fun issue so that's going to be uh, one of the stretch goals that we'll do if we get there 
um, and it's laugh out loud funny. And then the other stretch goal is, um, you know, we're doing a, uh, uh, much like with anything, the turtles, when I do any kind of project, or I always start a big giant notebook on it. And in this case, I started the fictional Shane and Paul Bookman sketchbook, which is the creation sketchbook of the radically rearranged Rona Ragdoll. So that'll be printed um, and be a stretch goal if we are lucky enough to get there as well, that you guys will find quite amusing as well. Well, it looks like at the rate you're going, we're going to see it. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't freaking wait. <laughs> oh, man, you know, it's like, and I can't, you know, well, thank you. And, and thank you again, because it is... Um, you know, and I've said this a lot this year um, as we're celebrating the 35th anniversary of the Turtles is that, you know, back in uh, um, 1984, when Pete and I were struggling um, and putting together, together this self-published crazy idea, it was uh, my Uncle Quentin who gave us a $1,200 loan. So that was our, you know, uh, early crowdfunding sourcing uh, relatives to help make that first issue happen. And uh, so when I'm doing this um, with the fans, being supported by the fans to do Drawing Blood, it takes me right back to that same place, is that there's nobody to say, you know, what we can and can't do with the series. Um, it's out of the pure love and creation of the series, and I feel very much like I did back then. So we're having the time of our life, and and we thank the fans for uh, coming out and supporting it, because couldn't, we couldn't do it otherwise. Well, we're enjoying the hell out of it ourselves, yeah. and I cannot wait to get on board. And for those people who have a little extra money and are like me, can be won over by a T-shirt with anything. I believe there's a tier that has a radically rearranged yep. Ronin Ragdoll T-shirt. Man, I know. I thought saw that. I was like, if that's oh, not incentive, man. I don't know serious? what it is. What is? I really don't. <laughs> it looks sharp. Mm -hmm. Looks sharp. <laughs> Might I suggest, too, you know, since uh, you've already uh, covered a little earlier that, you know, Shane Bookman doesn't exist in place of you. You all, you know, you and uh, David and Ben exist in the same universe. And now that we've seen Shane and Kevin cross paths at this uh, convention, how about a radically rearranged Ronan Ragdoll TMNT cross up here? Oh, Right? That, would, that would be awesome. I'd love that. I'll have to. Uh... <laughs> you hear the hesitation in his voice yeah, at first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now this one, this one will spread around like the Turtles live action series rumor, right? Um, there you go. Now, Start posting uh, it tomorrow. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll get a call from Nickelodeon's lawyers. But like, <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. Um, one last question, and this is kind of deviating from drawing blood, going back to the turtles, but uh, it just kind of dawned on me as we were at, uh, having this conversation: is if there, if there were to be a darker animated um, film made of the turtles, is there a particular story arc you'd like to see done, or would it just be those first, uh, those like first five or six issues? Honestly, um, I really felt that, uh, um, and feel it sincerely, is like you know, I love that. Um, you know, you could go back to the very original series, you know, the, the uh, Eastman and Laird black and white series, and you could go that route. But I have a real fondness for, um, you know, uh, the updated version of that, which would be, you know, I would say that, you know, we'll never get a chance to see that series again um, that Peter and I did. But I feel like the IDW Turtle Universe is the closest that will come to that series, not only, you know, tonally with the edge and the attitude and things that I felt that, uh, many of the story arcs um, within the IDW universe would would bring that edge to an older audience um, story where I think you could even put a bit more of an edge to it. So I would start with the IDW series right from what Dan Duncan, you know, what Tom and we all did with Dan Duncan in the first 12 issues 
Um, of course, the Dark Leo series was fantastic. Um, this is, I feel like there's a lot of great material to mine in that series, but uh, you are um, correct. we'll see. You know, it's sort of fingers and toes crossed and sort of see what the... Um, that's kind of the answer I was hoping for. There. <laughs> kind of the answer I was hoping for. Not that I'd love to see any of it make it to uh, animated film, but yeah, I mean, like Dark Leo or any of that kind of stuff in the animated form. Holy cow! That'd be crazy. Wow, it would be amazing. Thank you. No, that'd be awesome. Yes. Well, I want to remind everyone who's listening, again, you have until August 31st to head over to Kickstarter and uh, back Drawing Blood Volume 2. Man, any level of backing, you are walking away with a, uh, a ton of stuff. This is a very generous Kickstarter. You get a lot for what little bit of money you give to make it happen. So um, we'll put links on our uh, website and through social media to help get people over there. But, Kevin, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show, and I just want to thank you again so much for being here with us today, man. Absolute pleasure talking with you guys, as always. Look forward to it. Let's... Uh... Let's circle back and talk again sometime soon. I'm, I'm down for that. <laughs> All right, everyone, and there you have it. Our conversation once again with Kevin Eastman. Always surreal. I got to get on the bandwagon band awesome. with this Kickstarter. He's I such know. a nice guy. Mm-hmm. He's so generous, one, with his time, but two, creating such awesome awesome material we're big fans for a reason exactly (laughs) but uh, you can find Kevin on Twitter at Kevin Eastman 86 and you can find David Avalon on Twitter at D Avalon and Ben Bishop at Bishart Bishart B-I-S-H-A-R-T and Shane Bookman the fictional character from Jolling Blood has his own Twitter handle too he's got his own right at Shane Bookman so be sure to follow these gentlemen and also be sure to follow the links we've provided for you to head over to the Kickstarter show your support and get in on this we're not just telling you this because we're kissing ass here (laughs) we've already got what we wanted he's already gone Kevin's already gone we don't have to kiss his ass anymore this is straight from the heart that a while ago (laughs) (laughs) right you are Jack but this is straight from the heart we genuinely really mean these books are good check them out read them and I think uh, Volume 1 and even the Radically Rearranged Ronan Ragnall, Ragdolls, you can just buy at a comic book store. I believe so, yeah. And yep. if they don't have it, just order it. Order it that way if you want to check it out before you uh, back the Kickstarter. But good stuff. Definitely yeah. worth it. Promise you. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that, Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, see some of our YouTube videos, buy some merch, become a patron, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. I'm going to try to put some visuals up this week with the conversation we were having. Definitely these little turtle containers here, uh, candy containers that were in question. If you guys can think of any other pictures. Maybe the, the that picture of to- Token, Token Razar. Yep. Would mm. you shoot that over to me? Yes, sir. Uh, we definitely want to throw that on social media, too. Give you guys some visuals for our conversation. But uh, also head over to patreon.com forward slash candarepod or just follow the link on our website if you want to become a patron and get access to the Candare Patreon pod only available to those who donate on Patreon. And you can hear episodes like, again, number 11, uh, The Con with Kevin and Canton, where I give a, <laughs> a very detailed but entertaining it story. It was entertaining. It wasn't drawn out at all. It was, no. I mean, you guys was, were captivated. Yeah, it yeah. was... I, no, I don't think you could have dialed it down anymore. 
Every detail was necessary. Yes. It yeah, really was. Absolutely. It really was. So uh, if you want to check that out, episode number 11 on Patreon uh, page. Again, patreon.com forward slash Pod. And once again, go into those Wizard World shows. Use Candare at checkout in the promo box. Cool 10% off your tickets. Randy, what did I forget? So if you guys want something a little bit more cerebral with these two guys, check out What If. Um, mm. You guys just did what, the, the Thanos snap? Yeah, what yeah. Really happened? Really happened yep. Yeah. So... That was an interesting conversation, yeah, too. It really yeah. went down uh, avenues I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. But that's how those episodes do. Yep. They always go way off from what you expect. As because you get talking, you think of stuff. They ch- it challenges your mind. Yep. Not This show doesn't do that. No. We're just here to just give you cheap laughs. <laughs> Which is why I'm not on What If. If you want your mind challenged, <laughs> head over to whatifpod.com. Or it. just search Candare Productions in your podcast player choice. should bring up both shows. And you can enjoy both of them. Right? There you go. Yeah. That's it. That's it indeed, Jack. And I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. Thanks for listening, everyone. are mean, so I'm running away from home. Where are you gonna go? I don't know yet, but that'll show them. <laughs> it sure will. Shipwreck! Parents just don't understand, and it gets lonely on the road, so be sure to listen to the Candair podcast. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! I was gonna burn. I, that went over my head. I'm sorry. Just so we try not to do inside jokes, but referencing stuff from older episodes. Okay. Sorry. Still over there. I'm I'm lost. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm I, I just got lost. <laughs> I like turtles. <laughs> yeah. I like turtles. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.